Before we get started today, I'd like to talk about our Buy Me A Coffee memberships. You can offer one to five coffees to our staff every month and that gets you exclusive benefits like special newsletters, behind the scenes content, the ability to ask us questions directly, as well as a special shout out here on our podcast. And today I want to thank our members on Buy Me A Coffee, Anderson Da Silva, Kat Kramer, Fra, Peter Suffren and Anna Lund. The list has been growing. Thank you all. You too could join them and support independent journalism. Head to Buy Me A Coffee and subscribe, and starting next week, you can hear your name on Explaining Brazil. And if you can't support us on a monthly basis, you can still tip us a coffee to give us the energy we need to cover a country as complex as Brazil and a region as complex as Latin America. Head to buymeacoffee.com slash Brazilian Report to find out more. It doesn't matter if you live in Brazil. A gasolina bateu um novo recorde de preço depois da segunda semana seguida de reajustes. Other parts of Latin America. Em Argentina, os automobilistas observam com inquietude como crescem as cifras no dispensador de gasolina à medida que llenan o depósito. The United States. And today, gas hit a new high, five dollars a gallon on average nationally. Or Europe. O preço do gasoil s'envole. Ele a dépassé os dois euros o litro ce mercredi. Filling up your car with petrol has become more and more expensive. Western sanctions on Russian oil following its invasion of Ukraine in February have led to lower crude production and refinery output and have severely disrupted oil flows around the world, pushing prices higher. Inflation has become a hot-button issue everywhere, from France to the US to Brazil. While the price of gas isn't exactly the best metric to understand the economy at large, the ubiquity of fuel and its direct impact on people's monthly budgets make it easy shorthand for the broader economic scenario, especially when those prices are going up. In Brazil, a standard tank of petrol now costs around one-third of the minimum wage. President Bolsonaro is up for re-election this year, and he's trailing in the polls. Trying to convince the public to give him a second term, he's found himself a scapegoat for the fuel price crisis, Petrobras, the oil and gas company controlled by his very own government. My name's Ewan Marshall, filling in for Editor-in-Chief Gustavo Ribeiro, and this is Explaining Brazil. Because Explaining Brazil is a weekly podcast, we try to keep the subjects we talk about as varied as possible. But in 2022, we've been forced to talk about fuel prices across multiple different episodes. Gasoline prices have climbed by 27% over the past year, and diesel prices are up by over 50%. In a country that's so dependent on cargo transported by trucks and lorries, that's a bitter pill to swallow. And in the case of diesel, Price hikes have a ripple effect on other goods and services because the cost of moving cargo around the country has gotten considerably more expensive. Sede Silva, you're one of our Brazilian correspondents. Welcome to your first appearance on Explaining Brazil. You've been following this crisis up close, so whose fault is it? Hello, Ewan. Thanks for having me. As in anything regarding the economy, there is no single person or factor to pin the blame on. But President Jair Bolsonaro has already chosen his scapegoat, Petrobras. Right, but Petrobras is controlled by the government, right? 
How can the administration blame a company that it itself controls? So it's a bit more complicated than that. Petrobras is a publicly traded company and has numerous minority shareholders. The company has a fiduciary responsibility towards them. Petrobras was created in 1953 as a traditional state company. It went public in Brazil in 97, and in August 2000, it went public in the U.S. in an event with Pelé, the greatest football player of all time, as the poster boy. During that event, Pelé said that he and Petrobras represented the Brazil that was successful. On its first day on the stock market, Petrobras sold $2.6 billion in shares to 13,000 investors. A watershed moment came in 2010. The company had discovered massive deep water reserves and needed to raise money for exploration. That's when it did a massive follow-on offering and raised $70 billion. At that point, Petrobras was the second oil company in market value globally, only behind ExxonMobil. But being the stock market means that Petrobras is torn between its key role in government policy and its fiduciary duties to investors. One side has to think of the repercussions of the company's actions on the overall economy, while the other just focuses on the bottom line. Let's remember that Petrobras shares are also traded on the New York Stock Exchange, and the company, therefore, is subject to U.S. security laws. A few years ago, it faced a class action lawsuit as shareholders accused it of not meeting that fiduciary responsibility due to the corruption scandals that were uncovered in 2014 and onwards by the car wash investigation. But ultimately, yes, the government has a majority on the board of directors and can dictate indirectly how the company will operate. In the 1990s, the government held down gas canister prices for political reasons. And in the 2010s, a similar thing happened to fuel prices. And now President Bolsonaro says publicly that he wants Petrobras to stop raising prices. Right. But here's the thing, Ewan. Since 2016, Petrobras has adopted a pricing policy that keeps the price of fuels itself in its refineries on par with international prices. And since 85% of the refining business in Brazil belongs to Petrobras, it pretty much sets the market. And what's the president done to hold fuel prices down? Well, for starters, he has nixed CEOs at lightning speed. Uh, last year, Roberto Castelo Branco was fired as fuel prices rose. Then in March of this year, he fired Castelo Branco's replacement, General Joaquim Silva Eluna. And the new guy, José Mauro Coelho, remained in office for 40 days before the Mines and Energy Ministry announced it would swap CEOs again. But he didn't leave office right away, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, there are many regulatory hoops to jump through. A shareholders meeting must be called and a new board of directors must be elected. And that takes time. So the government proceeded with its strategy to bully Coelho into resigning, whether through public attacks from Bolsonaro or behind-the-scenes pressure for his resignation. Eventually, the pressure proved too much beer and Coelho caved. This Monday, June the 20th, he called it quits. And what made him give in after holding on to his seat for a month? So last week, Petrobras announced a new hike in gasoline and deal prices sold in refineries of 5 and 14% respectively. 
The decision came just days after the government met with Petrobras executives and pleaded for them not to do that. Also, days after Congress approved a law to cap state taxes on fuel prices. So the government was livid. The president knows that high prices at the pump are a serious threat to his re-election prospects. Bolsonaro is polling four behind Lula, his main challenger, and inflation may destroy any chance of a comeback. The Speaker of the House, Arthur Lira, whose future as this central power broker in the House is also tied to Bolsonaro's fate, raised its own. He talked about opening the company's financial black box, talked about scrutinizing its finances and how much its executives spend on trips. And Lira also said the board of directors must be held accountable for acts against the Brazilian people. The possibility of a congressional inquiry was the nail in Coelho's coffin. And why do you say that House Speaker Artur Lira, why do you say that his fate is tied to Bolsonaro's? So Lira's seat as a congressman from the state of Alagoas is not at risk. He will be re-elected for sure. But as a Speaker of the House, he teamed up with Bolsonaro to jack up opaque budgetary grants that allowed congresspeople to pour money into their constituencies and raise their electoral profile. The press in Brazil calls this the secret budget, and with good reason. If Bolsonaro loses, the next government would appoint a different candidate for the next two-year stint as House Speaker instead of Lira. Lira can still run for a new term as a Speaker, but if he loses, he would lose the power to set the legislative agenda and much of his clout. And that's why Lira seems so committed to the government's cause. Right. And José Mauro Coelho's resignation as CEO was not enough to sway the government in its attempt to get a congressional inquiry underway. On Tuesday, a pro-Bolsonaro lawmaker presented a request to create a hearings committee on how Petrobras sets its fuel prices, right? Yes, and, and that is the oddest of things. Hearings committees are usually instruments used by the opposition to provide checks and balances on a sitting government. It is, after all, a stage on which the opposition can grill government officials. In this case, they will try to argue that Petrobras is disregarding citizens' needs due to a pricing policy that was agreed upon by directors the government itself appointed. Hearings committees need to be sponsored by one-third of a legislative house. In this case, a lower house representative filed inquiry request So it will take 171 signatures for the petition to move forward. That's a threshold the Bolsonaro government can easily achieve if it really puts some effort into it. At the time of us recording this podcast, the lawmaker who proposed the inquiry, Altineu Cortes of Rio de Janeiro, said he had 65 signatures, a little over a third of the minimum required. Interestingly enough, the Workers' Party, the biggest in the opposition, it's against holding an inquiry. So we have the government supporting an investigation into a government-controlled company, and the largest opposition party is saying no. Yes, uh, Workers' Party Chairwoman Glazy Hoffman, who's also a member of Congress, said the party believes the inquiry would be a smokescreen created by Bolsonaro. But, Sede, there's one question that jumps out at me here. Why does the government want to investigate how prices are set instead of just interfering with Petrobras's pricing policy? 
So, Elon, I define Bolsonarismo as the pursuit of absolute power with no responsibility. A hearings committee is a way to outsource responsibility. It's a way for the government to say, we're doing something, we are investigating, when in fact, the president could just get all the information he wants with the press of a button. Ultimately, Bolsonaro is the one who appoints and fires Petrobras executives. To quote President Harry Truman, the buck stops with him. Energy Minister Adolfo Saxida was at the House this Tuesday. He was called by lawmakers to try and explain energy prices. And in a rational perspective, and I will get back to this point, what he said is bad for the government. How so? So Saxida went and showed lawmakers how much money Petrobras is making. It's a lot of money. Um lucro razoável e acima da expectativa de mercado. Petrobras profits this first quarter were larger than six major Brazilian companies combined. Se eu somar Bradesco, Itaú, Vale, Ambev, B3 e JBS, isso equivale ao lucro da Petrobras no primeiro tri de 2022. Minister Saxida also said that in 2021, out of all the oil companies in the world, Petrobras was the third in profits and the second in dividend distribution. Congressman Luiz Miranda even replied, he said, Minister, you've given us a presentation for investors. If I were an investor, I would be really happy right now. But the thing is, if Petrobras is making all this money and the government as a major shareholder gets about a third of the profits, where is all this profit going? Saxida had a point about this, which I think flew over the heads of most lawmakers. He said several times that major foreign companies, including energy companies, but also companies such as McDonald's, left Russia after the war started. So they made this business decision, which hurts profits, but was good for their reputation. Saxida didn't make his point clear, but I understand it as being Petrobras could do the same. It can afford to make decisions that hurt profits for the benefit of its reputation, of its brand. But in the end, he's still a Bolsonaro minister and he specifically left the issue to Congress. You guys should decide whether or not Petrobras is a fully state-owned company and thus should lower prices for social gains or whether the market should be open to competition and Petrobras should lose its monopoly. It defies logic for the minister to boast about record profits since the government gets the lion's share. What is being done with this money? But I don't know how many people are going to ask that. Record profits, how much are we talking about exactly? So in 2021, Petrobras' net profit reached 106 billion reais, almost $21 billion. It was the highest ever recorded by a publicly traded company in Brazil. And in the first quarter of this year, momentum continued with the company announcing a 44 billion reais profit. In May, when it released first quarter results, Petrobras said it paid 70 billion reais to the Brazilian state between profits, taxes, and government participation. It was, according to a securities filing, practically double the amount collected in the same period in last year, in 2021. The company also reported that last year it paid 
$203 billion reais in taxes, the highest annual amount ever paid by the company, and a 70% bump from 2020. By law, Petrobras's profits are currently earmarked by the government for the amortization of the federal public debt. However, some economists believe that this revenue could be used to finance policies that mitigate the effects of rising fuel prices. With this logic, keeping Petrobras's pricing policy as it is, that is, linked to international prices, would bring greater resources to these policies, benefiting the population and not displeasing the market. So why isn't the government pushing for this? So the Bolsonaro government does not want to take responsibility for anything ever. It could introduce a bill in any direction, but it is now collecting signatures for a committee to investigate the company. Any information is already easily accessible to the government, but this is what I call a WhatsApp-driven government. Footage of the committee in action, if it really happens, will be shared on people's phones. Hey, look at this. It's outrageous. Perhaps it is, but do people understand who is responsible for this? And what other solutions are on the table? So a series of charges against Petrobras have been taken in recent months. They include an antitrust investigation against Petrobras, which was motivated by the government. Watchdog Kaji is analyzing whether the company's pricing policy hurts fuel distributors and reduces market competition. The government expects a Kaji decision against Petrobras could allow for a 15% cut in diesel prices. House Speaker Arthur Lira urged antitrust watchdog Kaji to, quote, take harsh measures against Petrobras for what he considers its abusive pricing policy. And Minister Saxida also spoke about this on Tuesday. He said he expects Kaji to rule that Petrobras must sell some of its refineries, which would increase competition. Right, I see. There's also a bill Congress passed setting a 17% ceiling for state taxes on goods and services. The federal government was set to compensate part of the state's losses with direct repayments. But experts are split on the move's efficacy. Skeptics say the maneuver raises concerns about the government's fiscal situation, which weakens the currency and could lead to future hikes in fuel prices. Also, the rise in fuel prices at the pump is due to the climbing of international oil prices and not, as the federal government claims, to state-level taxes, as Sao Paulo Finance Secretary Felipe Salto told me last week. And then there's always that idea about privatizing Petrobras, right? Oh, yes. yeah, That idea is often rehashed as a magical solution to all problems. But it is hard to take the move seriously. We are in an electoral year, which means it's hard to get support for controversial topics, especially since polls indicate Bolsonaro will lose re-election. And if Bolsonaro really wanted to privatize Petrobras, he could have tried it any time over the past three and a half years. And he didn't. So it is hard to read it as anything but a red herring. Sede Silva, thanks for joining me this week. Uh, thank you very much, and it was my pleasure, Ewan. Sede Silva is a Brasilia correspondent for the Brazilian Report. And if you like Explaining Brazil, please rate us with five stars wherever you get your podcasts. Only takes a second, and it will help us reach a much broader audience. 
Or, better yet, you can sign up for The Brazilian Report, which is the journalistic engine behind this podcast. We have a subscription-based business model, and your subscriptions fuel our journalism. And if you're already a subscriber, then you can give us some extra support by filling up our coffee mugs with donations on Buy Me A Coffee. We have a membership program there with exclusive perks like behind-the-scenes content and exclusive newsletters. So go to buymeacoffee.com slash brazilianreport. I'm Ewan Marshall. Thanks for listening and Explaining Brazil will be back next week. <laughs>